It's podcast time. Baker bros and haters. It's simple. Baker swept in here, changed the culture, won some games, even a playoff game. Thanks for that, Baker. But you're not a linebacker. You're not Brett Favre. That hot dog tackle cost you the season, and you grinding it through the injuries affected your play when you said it didn't. Well, it did. You're gone. So, Justin, Josh, Blake, it's the dog days of summer. What's going on? Woo, 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 woo. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dogs. If you want to get your intro on the show, head to the dogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail on the drop down menu. Sound like Kenny Mack took a, like a, a quick beer chug in the middle of his uh, intro right there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we need more, though, so make sure you leave them. It's a lot more fun when you guys do. Uh, today, we're finally going to be able to give you guys all our thoughts on the Baker trade. Um, but before we do, I want to remind you guys to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, shout out to us. I don't like to toot our own horn, but our latest, toot that t- horn. Our latest TikTok is at almost 500,000 views, which is by far the most successful thing we will probably ever do as a show (laughs) or as as professional people (laughs) or professional people (laughs) or as Uh, i don't know if we'll ever match that or eclipse it so right now we're on cloud nine so huge shout out to everybody who follows us on tiktok um to anybody who watched the video commented even to all the haters we appreciate it Um, oh absolutely it's just fun yep it's just fun so that was really cool for us so we really appreciate that if you're watching on youtube please like and subscribe make sure to tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode lastly if you're looking for more dog content, head to jointhedogs.com to become an official dog pack member on our Patreon page. Fantasy leagues, we're going to start organizing them probably end of this month, getting them at least squared away, seeing who's going to be in it. And then probably towards the end of the uh, preseason, we'll go ahead and do our drafts. Hopefully we can have at least three leagues this year. I think we got enough to do that as long as everybody does. If we get a couple more people, we might even be able to do four leagues. Uh, you get an extra episode every week. There's threads all the time about stuff going on. So people who want to know our thoughts on the Baker trade, well, if you were a dog pack member, you would have known them already because they're in there. They were in there right away. Yep. So if you're if you're looking for more content, more access to us in between episodes, join the dogs.com, become an official dog pack member. Have fun with Browns fans literally all over the world. So obviously the big news for the week was the Baker trade. Um I'm I apologize it's, it's taking us so long to get you our thoughts. Here's the deal, guys, is we can only get into the studio like one day a week because I have a kid and a job, and Justin has two kids and a job, and John has to sleep 50 hours a week, and uh, and Josh has other things going on. So unless, you know, you guys want to – everybody's going to join the dog pack, this isn't our full-time jobs yet. So we have, to yet. Get, we have to fit it in when we can. So we apologize for the delay, but we're here now. Um, and if you guys want us to be a full-time job, donate. <laughs> uh, but – The trade went through to the Carolina Panthers for a conditional fifth round pick. We're paying ten and a half million. The Panthers are paying five million, and Baker took a three million dollar pay cut that he can earn back in incentives. um, I would assume based on playing time and uh, other metrics this season. So I guess the the first thing I wanted to hit uh, is how do you think the Browns did in the trade? Uh, Another Andrew Berry masterpiece, I think. So at first thought, I'm like, ugh. Little, it's a little disappointing, you know, because it's a fifth round pick, but there's literally no market for the guy. So well, the fact that we got anything at all and we didn't have to cut him or release him, I, I know what you're saying. I completely 
it's just I think it's a little heartbreaking that he was a number one overall pick and we're getting back a fifth, but it's a fifth round pick that we wouldn't have gotten if we had to cut or release him and he wasn't doing anything for us. Yeah. The, there the end game was written. We already knew what was going to happen, regardless of what everybody thought last week where they were saying, well, we, Baker's obviously going to start when Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the season. Duh. No, the writing was already on the wall there. We already knew what was going to happen there. At yeah. least I, I, I thought we did. No, we all said he was never going to play another snap, and there's no way that was going to happen. But correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it a it's a fifth-round pick that can turn into a fourth, fourth if he plays yep. 70% of this offensive snaps? I think so. Isn't okay. that what it is? Yep. Okay. And then the fact that we only ended up paying $5 million. Ten and a half. The Panthers oh, I'm sorry. They, but, yeah, okay, so ten and a half. So we, well, I guess I take back my comment. Well, hey, no, look. So it's About a, it's, the money. It's a anyway. 50% of what we could have paid him. Right. Basically. Because we were talking about paying the majority of it. Yeah. Or, well, or if, all of it. If, or if all we of cut it, him yeah. or release him, we still have to pay that money. Because, yes. I mean, it was... What'd you We're think, on the John? Hook. How do you think we did? I, I thought it was going to be a third round pick, is what I was telling everybody. So, I think you were a little bit crazy for saying that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought we could get a third for him, probably a late third, but uh, I think it was a fine trade. the The priority became getting him out of Cleveland, getting him out of sports like the media, the Cleveland media, and just we don't really want people talking about him. Local media doesn't need to be talking Baker Mayfield right before the season starts. So we want to be talking Deshaun Watson, other things. I agree. I, I liked how you said it. The priority became less about what we could get for him and more about just get him out of here. Um, I think the fact that all the Browns haters were saying that we were going to have to cut him because Andrew Barry screwed his market and Andrew Barry sucks and we we're going to have to cut him and pay his whole salary, blah, blah, blah. Well, Andrew Barry just waited and waited and waited. And, yeah, we had to still pay some of his money, but at the end of the day we created more cap space now. We freed up a roster spot yep. and mm-hmm. – we got more draft capital that if he, he Baker's more than likely going to play 70% of the snaps. I'd be shocked if he doesn't play 70%. So um, it's probably going to be a fourth round draft pick. So to me, like you said, it's another home run. Is it disappointing because he's a f- former first round draft pick? Yes. But even if we don't get Deshaun Watson, we weren't getting a ton for Baker. He played himself out of a market last year. And then with, the reports that were coming out with that athletic article about the team, the players thought he was immature and hard to coach and all that kind of stuff. It's just not a good look. I don't want to bash the guy. I actually posted on our Twitter. My point, I think Baker's legacy in Cleveland is he might not have been the future, but there's no denying that he helped stabilize a position that had no stability for like 30 years. Absolutely agree. You know what I mean? So I might not have thought he was that good or he was going to take us to where we wanted to go, but what he allowed the Browns to do was we didn't have to draft a quarterback for four years in a row. We didn't have to try to sign a quarterback four years in a row. We were able to build up the rest of the roster around him. We went from arguably the least talented roster maybe the NFL's ever seen (laughs) to to a top uh, six roster, according to the league this year. So I just think as the rest of the team became talented around Baker, became glaringly obvious, he was the weak link. Mm-hmm. That's but a very fair assessment. That being said, there's no denying he helped stabilize the spot to let the Browns do something that they – every year we were just trying to pick another quarterback. Every year, yeah. So We actually got to the point where a quarterback, a top five quarterback who wants to play in a dome 
actually chose to come to Cleveland and play on the lake. Yeah, that's a great um, point. Yeah. You're right, Baker helped us get to that point. I don't think we're going to win a Super Bowl with him, and I think that's why we had to get rid of him. But, yeah, he was, for four years, he was definitely, he played a huge role in changing the culture and turning the franchise from a dumpster fire to a team that's at least relevant. And there was, like, some really, really fun moments in there. But, like, there oh, some, yeah. There were some games where, for me, I, I'm a big, big believer that Cleveland sports low-key is cursed. I grew up believing that the curse was real. Everything that, you know, could happen to Cleveland sports did. So to see like the Jets game, like where he comes out and then seeing the videos like going viral, people like thousands of people chanting Baker Mayfield as they're walking out. And even like, I think my, like one of the best ones was that Cincinnati game, like forever that that's a kind of opportunity and moment that we literally would have, we would have messed that up and to, to see him come through clutch and throw a touchdown pass and in a great game, like the whole game was insane. But then like t- to end it like that, I thought, man, holy crap, we're, this is it. We're turning the, we're turning the, the, you know, we're making the turn. Here we go. I, I was on the plane on the way to my honeymoon in that Bengals game. And I'm just like begging the pilot to just wait. I'm like, please just don't take off yet. Don't take off yet. <laughs> Not actually, but I was mentally telling him. And then he threw the touchdown pass to DPJ and I'm losing my crap on this. Plane. <laughs> You're close. <laughs> People are just looking at me and I was like, okay, cool. I can turn my phone off now. But that, and I was at the Jets game. So it was John. Right. Yep. I was right above the Jets tunnel. And I actually had a friend from, from Greece with me who's been to soccer games and that kind of stuff. And he was like, this is insane. Well, I'm telling I've been to Ohio state. I rushed the field at Ohio state when they beat Iowa in 2009 for the big 10 championship. I've been to Ohio state big 10 championship in Indianapolis. I've been to world series, watch parties, Cavs playoff games. That Jets game is still the most electric atmosphere I've ever been at in my entire life. A, for sure. What, week three Thursday night football? <laughs> yep. Yeah. On, I've never felt anything like it. Leaving the stadium, you would have thought we won the Super Bowl. I still have videos of, like Justin said, people chanting Baker Mayfield, walking under the bridge up the street. So it sucks that it went the way it did. But at the same time, like I had to be willing to sit back and be like, yeah, that was really cool. But at the end of the day, I still want to win a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, as Browns fans, we were so desperate mm-hmm. for a starting quarterback, for a franchise quarterback that <clears throat> any moments of success or flashes that we're, we we hung to him. And there's still people that obviously do. I mean, there's you look at Twitter and social media and people are, you would have thought that, you know, we got rid of Brett Farfrae, <laughs> you know. But um, I don't know. I, it's It's uh. one of those things where, you know, I wish him luck. I won't be rooting for him. We yes. talked about this a little bit. There's Browns fans that say, hey, week one, I'm rooting for Carolina, but after that, I'm back on board. Yeah, no, 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 hell with stay that. Off. Yeah, stay we're good. Off. We don't need you then. Because yeah. if you, if that's how we're doing it, I'm cool. I, I don't, you know, that that is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. If you're that big of a fan of a guy, hey, go follow him. Yep. Go, go with him. Yeah. What road to a Super Bowl starts with your team hopefully losing week one? Right. 0-1 start. I just don't understand how you root against your team uh, in any situation. No. Period. We said the nice things. Now that's – I mean, come on. So how do you guys think he'll do in in Carolina? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I I think my opinion is a little different than you guys. I I think Baker Mayfield starts week one. I think he's head and shoulders better than Sam Darnold. I I know your guys' arguments, which you can give them after I'm done here, but Mm -hmm. I – 
I just don't think they bring in Baker Mayfield to roll Sam Darnold. I mean, we saw Sam Darnold last year. Yeah, but look terrible. at the money. Look at the yeah. money. I the Fall money didn't the matter money. last year. They still brought in Cam Newton to try to do something on the field. It's they're paying Baker Mayfield backup money. I don't think they're, that they're paying him backup money. Like uh, I was, you know, listening to some other sports shows, and they're like nine times out of ten in the NFL, the person who makes the more money is the person who's going to play. It doesn't matter who's better. If it's close, the person who makes more money is going to play. Um, I just think the deck stacked against Baker for week one. I think he, I think I said, I think he ends up playing 70% of the snaps this year, but I think Darnold starts week one, two, maybe three, and then when he sucks, Baker takes over because Darnold knows the system. Yep. He knows the coaches. He knows the verbiage. He knows the players. He's been at the camps. And let's be honest, in shorts and a t-shirt, Sam Darnold can stack up against Baker Mayfield. He's bigger, stronger, more athletic, can throw the ball all over the field. It's going to be, in my opinion, Sam Darnold's job to lose. And Baker's got to try to win it in a month. My only argument would be he knew the system and the players and the verbiage and the coaches last year, and he still couldn't stay on the field. Uh, I mean, kind of. It was his first year. I, but I mean, he's still, he was just, are you arguing that Sam Darnold looked good last year? Okay. Yeah. I'm not. So I'm just it's clarifying. I'm clarifying. saying, I'm saying in camp, mano a mano against each other, he can make all the throws Baker can make. The, both their problems mental. It's not physical. So in practice, they're both going to look good. And if Sam Darnold looks as good or close to as good as Baker, he's going to play because he's making 18 million and they're only paying Baker five. That's what, that's the way I look at it. I agree. I, I would be extremely, extremely shocked if week one, Baker Mayfield was the starting quarterback of the Carolina based on ev- pretty much everything you said. Uh, same, same thing. Darnold knows the system. He's familiar, whether he was good in the system or not. And here's the thing is for Matt rule, Whoever you tie your wagon to, you better be sure about it because I think it, I think his job is absolutely on the line this year. Well, that's why we said Carolina made the most sense for Baker to, to go get Baker because their quarterback situation was the worst. Look at their QB room, bro. They, they got a lot of money tied up in QBs, and it's Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, and Matt Corral. Who I mean, was there, a third-round pick. There's no, like... <laughs> There's no 100% surefire answers in that room. No, there's not. That's rough. And to it's anybody like how that, we oh, used to be. Go ahead. Uh, anybody that says, oh, man, week one, Baker's going to shred the Browns defense. We talked about that. <sighs> man, I saw uh, a picture earlier, and it said, man, can't wait for week one when Baker Mayfield finally throws to some Browns players. <laughs> and I was like, ugh. Who has more receptions, Denzel Ward or <laughs> DJ Moore? So I'm going to say DJ Moore, but yeah. <laughs> so who has a better chance to start week one, Deshaun or Baker? Uh, a better chance, Deshaun. I still think it's zero, but we'll get into that. Yeah, I'll. So I'll. I guess I'll go on the other side. I'll say Baker. I think of those two, both low prob- you know, probability. <laughs> I I think Deshaun's gonna get some type of suspension. I you know I really would love to if it was zero, just based on everything that we've heard um, about the reports and everything that are coming out about the uh, the trial. But like. I also don't think that, like like we've said, I, I'm not sure Baker starts. He's got to go to camp and light it up and look way, way better than anybody and put his foot down and put his mind into the playbook, and I'm not sure I'm not sure that's going to happen. So you're saying we're all getting hyped up fan-wise for, like, the 
the Baker versus the Browns. It could be Jacoby Brissett versus Sam Sam Darnold. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Not so exciting. I, I, even though I don't think Baker starts, I'm, I'm going to say I give him a better chance to start week one than Deshaun, even though right. I want it to be zero games. There's too many unknown variables for Deshaun. I don't know what Sue Robinson's thinking. I don't know how she's analyzing this. You know, I don't know if the NFL's paid her off. You know what I mean? There, there's too much. There's too much. I don't know about that situation that is out of just the realm of football. As far as on the field stuff, Baker, even though I think it's an uphill battle, his biggest obstacle is Sam Darnold. So, you know, if he comes in and lights it up, that's not a huge obstacle. So I, even though I think, like you said, I think there's a real chance it could end up being Jacoby Brissett versus Sam Darnold week one. Yeah, yeah all Baker wah, has wah, to wah. do in the preseason is look really good, and he's got a shot at starting. I don't, I mean, Deshaun Watson has to not get suspended at all, even for one game. Um, I think he's going to get a small suspension personally. I don't want him to. Uh but I think he's going to. I don't. I don't necessarily think evidence even matters at this point. The media has kind of been like preconditioning everybody to expect a suspension, so we don't get too mad when it happens. <laughs> They've been saying one year, at least one year, indefinite suspension. So when he gets six games, we're not that mad that he didn't get a full year, and everybody else is like, "Well, at least he got something." A serial rapist deserved to get a lifetime ban, but we'll settle for eight games, whatever. We joke because people are calling him a rapist, and he's never been accused of rape. Not, not even on not the once. table. It's not, not once. E- Correct. Um, so last thing we'll talk about this, we, we, which we just touched on it a little bit. Say Baker does play week one. How does he fare against the Browns? Two picks. <laughs> I say, I'm going to say, so. I'm gonna say 220 yards, 50% completion rate. And two picks. One thing we do know about Baker, when he gets amped up, he throws it a little high. This Let's just sail a little bit on him. So, And our, our defense watched him for four years. These guys know. How healthy is he going to be week one? Like, is he ready to go into camp and compete for this I, job? I mean, he passed the physical. By, yeah. yeah, but even hurt people can pass the physical, like, because if they know about the injury, they're like, well, he's good, except for this guy. I, I saw that he was completely healthy. I think that so it, since, it was, since it was the left shoulder, I don't think, even if it's not 100%, it's going to be as big a deal as if okay. it was the right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because so, he could still play last year. It wasn't just good. put a sling on it, man. It'll be fine. Send him out there. <laughs> I think. <laughs> He'll be great. I think it'd go one of two ways. It's going to be like one of these vintage Baker games where he's got the world's biggest chip on his shoulder, and he comes out, and he – throws it around, he does well, and he stay, stares at Kevin Stefanski on the sideline, <laughs> yeah. and everybody's like, see, you guys shouldn't have got rid of him, blah, blah, blah. Or the way I think it's more likely going to go, he sacked five to seven times, throws two picks, and we completely obliterate him, which and is the way I with, think it's going to go. With Jacoby Rissell? Uh, I think he's going to be entirely average. I think he's going to be in the <laughs> middle of those two scenarios. I just think we've seen Baker before. We've seen his poor pocket presence and that kind of thing. And he's going to have Miles Garrett bearing down on him. I mean, their line's not good. It's supposedly improved if their rookies play well. They they drafted a tackle, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. A left tackle? So what, it's rookie left tackle against Miles Garrett? I'm going to take Miles Garrett in that situation. Mm-hmm. Or Clowney. Yeah, or Clowney. Um, I just – I don't see – I don't see it going week well week one. I don't either. I mean, and just like we said, the Panthers just aren't a great team overall. We've seen Baker we be – Literally, you can – people like the people who are huge Baker fans and not huge Baker fans, there's no denying that over the four-year course of his career, he's like the definition of average. His – his 500 win percentage, all of his stats, it literally just says average. So 
And that was with a top roster around him for the last two years. Yeah, because as, <clears throat> as high as his highs are, his lows are just as low. Yes. And that's that averages out right you, in the middle. You can make the argument he never really played on a terrible, terrible team in his professional career. His his rookie year is probably his worst team, and that roster is better than the team he's about to go play for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. You know what I mean? He's going from the sixth-ranked roster, roster to, what, 26th, 27th-ranked roster? People can tell me about how he's got some pieces, blah. He ain't got that much, bro. They were, they're were they ranked 27th. So you can tell me he's got some okay pieces, but... Ugh. I see CMC and DJ Moore, and everybody... Yeah. Stop. Stop. We had, Bobby we had pretty decent too. pieces ourselves. You yeah. Know. yeah. He wasn't playing with scrubs. No. I will say having CMC is nice. Yeah. It's oh, nice yeah, absolutely. Out. But, yep. I mean, what... What does he offer that the combo of Chubb and Hunt can't Correct. give you? So we'll see how that goes. That's again, we didn't want to bash on the. I guess before we move on, one. What do you guys think of this athletic report? Where oh yes, I'm glad you brought that. Yeah, up. Yeah, before we moved on, so the athletic put out this report about how the, like the players in the locker room, it, they, he was dividing. Um, I guess the a lot of the defense thought he cost him a playoff spot. Um, there's this report coming out that the Browns sent him the the. The uh, game plan yeah. for the uh, Packers game. The Christmas game. The Christmas, Christmas game uh, because he was at home with COVID, and then turns out they found out he played 40 hours of Halo <laughs> that week leading up to the game, and then he comes out. I mean, it was atrocious. It was probably the worst game I've ever seen him play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did he game. ever have a worse game than that Christmas Day game last year? Uh, I, I think of the Texans game from but, – I, but even then, that was a worse game. There's four picks. It, it was, was so bad. bad. It was so bad. And we were still in it. Yeah, I know it's crazy. And so he, uh, that's not a good look. And I've seen even some really hardcore Baker defenders online say it's not good. It's not a good look for Baker that this is now his fourth coach he's had problems with. You go back to college, he had problems with Kingsbury, then he had problems with Hugh, then he had problems with Freddie, and now he had problems with Stefanski. I mean, at some point, you got to look at it and be like, what's the common denominator? What did you want to talk about the Stefanski situation and the meeting and all that? <laughs> yeah. Go, so, um, do you want you were the one who read it. Yeah. So, I read, uh, I read the article, and basically they said, um, I can't remember exactly after which game, but um, he, Kevin Stefanski didn't show up for a film session. And uh, Baker was very, very critical. And it turned out that uh, he went and met with, Stefanski met with Miles. Because Miles called out the entire coaching staff, you know, in the media. So he sat him down, you know, and he's talking to him. Well, Baker said, hey, you know, you have to be here at these film sessions. And it became, after that, Stefanski was at every film session. And they pretty much, he spotlighted every mistake that Baker Mayfield made. Like, and was, I guess, brutal about it. Like, <laughs> where he was like, okay, you know, if you don't want me to meet these, you know, miss these sessions, I'm going to point I'll out. I'll be every, here. I'll be here and I'm going to point out every mistake that you make. Um, turns out there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Be careful what you wish for, dude. Yeah. And that's one thing I said is, you know, Stefanski was doing a, he's a head coach. He's got, he's got duties around the entire team, not just offensive film sessions or whatever. I mean, you got a player who's saying something to the media that you don't want being said. You got to address that. He's being a leader. He's doing his job. Yeah, head and then you got the quarterback yeah. calling you out for it. I, I can understand Stefanski being pretty upset about that. I, I just think, Stefanski and Barry were done with him a long time ago. I think even if we did get Watson, he wasn't he wasn't well, the quarterback. He either. wasn't their guy either. Correct. You know. Um to me that's it's super funny. I, I mean it's it's super funny that he was just like, fine, okay, I'm here. 
why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Double this clutch, sucked. double clutch. Why'd you do this? Why, oh, <laughs> oh he's sucked. open. There's an open guy. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to make this guy cry. <laughs> and, and to me, it says, who are you to call out your head coach? Right. Who are you? You're a 500 NFL quarterback. You think you can call out your head coach? Like, he's. I've heard Panthers fans say him and Matt Rule are not going to get along. So we'll see how that goes. It could be five for five. So, um, we'll we'll see how that goes. That was our thoughts on the Baker trade. Sorry it took so long to get to you, um, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. What's going on, Browns fans? The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. It's a lot of dough. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the uh, major action on baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options never feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Look forward to betting with you soon and minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. God bless. So we will move on here. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because I don't want to just rehash what we talked about already. But as we mentioned in the opening, we put out a TikTok about the Deshaun thing and about you know how many games we think he's going to get and stuff. So many ignorant comments, guys. Just Google's your friend. So we wanted <laughs> – I just wanted to go through and address some of these things so hopefully we aren't just constantly answering the same things in the comments over and over again. So let's jump into these real quick. Um, firstly, when we said that we – what are we suspending him for? It wasn't because we don't know about the allegations. It was based on the case the NFL presented to the judge in the hearing. Right. We know what the allegations are. <laughs> we detailed them all offseason so far. Ever since we traded for Deshaun or even talked about trading for him, we were talking about what the accusations were. Correct. So stop taking things out. You can stitch us as many times as you want. <laughs> and please keep doing it. Yeah, go ahead. Keep doing it. But it was based on the case made by the NFL to the judge. Which was very weak. Yes. Very they, they know they lost. Which is why they might be pushing for a year indefinite, then why are they trying to settle? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If they, if they think they won, why are they trying to settle? Um, so speaking of the judge, this was another thing. Is that the NFL does not have final say if this judge rules zero games. So many people in these comments saying, it doesn't matter, NFL is going to suspend them just for making them look bad. Guys, that's not the way it works. I don't know how many times we have to say this. If the judge says zero games, it is case closed, done. There is nothing Roger Goodell can do. It's over. That's why that's the way it was negotiated in the new collective bargaining agreement because the players were tired of Goodell being judge, jury, and executioner. Mm-hmm. So please stop saying. But that. if she does rule a suspension, both sides can appeal. Okay, the NFL can appeal, and Deshaun Watson could appeal. And then, and, who then makes that decision? and then that is Goodell. Okay. So if the judge says zero, it's over. If she rules that he violated the policy and recommends a certain amount of games, the NFL 
can either roll with it or they can appeal. Then it becomes Goodell's decision, which to me is crazy. Uh, Or Deshaun Watson's team could appeal it, but they would be appealing to Goodell. And one thing that we've talked about that I want to make sure we re-highlight here is this is the first case that is being done this way. Yep. So, the, I mean, they're, they're, there's such a spotlight on this and how they handle it and the precedent that they set moving forward. I mean, if they if they blow this way out of proportion and suspend it for a whole year over no evidence, that, that, doesn't, that defeats the whole purpose of this thing. Yeah, or if she says she comes in and says six games, and yes. Goodell says, well, thanks for your time, but we're going to go for a full year. Why did you even hire then? Yeah, it was all just a show. Yes. So it's I, I look for the NFL to stick with whatever she decides. Um, and I think the Watson side would be insane to appeal if it's something like six games. If they're trying to get it lower, uh, to me the NFL is like, hey, we're not going to appeal. You guys don't appeal. Let's just end this thing. Um, lastly, or not lastly, so this is the big one. And it says, Zeke and Ben got six games for way less accusations. First of all, I don't know enough about the Zeke thing, but Big Ben was accused of rape. Twice. Twice. Uh, I'm not saying sexual misconduct is okay. It's better than rape. There, and and we've, we talked <laughs> with a legal professional about the differences between sexual assault, sexual misconduct, rape. Yes. They are different things. I know we like to lump it all into rape or whatever, but it's not. I mean, legally, these are different allegations yes and that'd be like i mean punching somebody in the face is bad killing them is worse correct yeah. <laughs> like difference between assault and murder yes so stop calling him a rapist in the comments it's completely false that he's never once been accused of even in the cases was never accused of force or anything like that so right. please stop saying rapist it's you lose your argument as soon as you start yep Accusing him of things that even these women aren't accusing him of. You have no argument. Correct. You're just showing that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and, but I would agree with this one if this was six, seven years ago. If Goodell was in charge of the whole thing, then I could say I would totally agree with you. But again, Goodell is not in charge of this. This is a whole new collective bargaining agreement. It goes with a lot of people are saying, well, Trevor Bowers got suspended for two years. They're not even in the same freaking league. (laughs) That is apples to oranges. Yeah. Completely different commissioners, completely different collective bargaining agreements, different unions, different protocols. I mean, guys, that is, that is the most ignorant argument I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) So yes, if this was five years ago, I understand your argument, but it's not, this isn't five years ago, right? There's a completely different method about going into this and coming up with a suspension that wasn't done back then. And then my favorite one, lastly, I keep seeing this. Calvin Ridley got one year for gambling. So how is uh, Deshaun only going to get you know six games or four games or no games for this? Well, one, there's proof that Calvin Ridley gambled. Right, yeah. Uh, two, I guarantee you the NFL cares way more about that than they do about anything with Deshaun. Because gambling on games calls into the integrity of everything about the league. I was just saying, notice how they didn't hesitate very long before they suspended Calvin Ridley. And no, you never heard like nobody appealed. Nope, no, no, nothing because it's 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 there. You cannot do it. You can't right. bet because now what happens if Calvin Ridley comes out and has like a weirdly awful game in a big game? Correct. Now people are going, well, what was the money line? What was the yeah? You know what I mean? It calls into question the integrity of everything. It goes like the Chicago Black Sox scandal in baseball. 
It's a huge stain on the sport. Pete Rose. Pete I know Ro- it's a different. I know it's a different sport, but, but Pete Rose is not even. He's he will never get into the Hall of Fame, and his his numbers are. He's one of the greatest players of all time. Yes, you cannot gamble on the sport if you're in that sport. And there was actual proof that he did it. The NFL, like we said this a million times, the NFL doesn't care about Deshaun Watson. They care about the optics of Deshaun Watson. I mean, they let Hardy come back and play. They let Adrian Peterson come back and play after he beat up his kids. All this stuff. They could care. They could not care less about it. They only care about the optics of it. They care if you bet on the games because now all of a sudden they're answering about are people throwing games? Are refs in on it? Are games rigged? Is this like the WWE? That's bad. That's bad for business. So very bad. That's a terrible comparison. It's terrible. Well, in the NFL's eyes, gambling on the sport is a million times worse than anything Deshaun's being accused of. And the first thing you said about this was really where the argument needs to stop. There was evidence. Yeah. There's no evidence against Deshaun Watson at all right now for any kind of suspension. So those are some of the biggest comments. Um I saw on this video, I tried to answer a lot of them, but man, some of you guys are just ignorant. (laughs) Uh, So I just wanted to kind of do like a blanket um, discussion on that because please just like Google something before you comment something dumb. (laughs) Hey, Browns fans, you've been hearing us talk about Omaha steaks for a while now, and they are seriously the best steaks I have ever had. Now with summer here, no backyard grill out is complete without Omaha steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter dogs, D-A-W-G-S, into the search bar. You'll get a special price on the All-American Assortment and a tasty bonus. You'll also get eight ultra-juicy Omaha Steak Burgers for free. The All-American Assortment includes 16 mouth-watering entrees with four famously fork-tender, double-trimmed, butcher's-cut filet mignons, four pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts. Wow, is anyone else getting hungry? I know I am. Uh, Plus so much more. There's a reason why Omaha Steaks has been the leader of gourmet steaks since 19 17 no one and i mean no one comes close to matching the flavor tenderness and value of omaha steaks order the all-american assortment and fill your freezer with enough gourmet food to keep your cookouts going strong all summer long and don't forget for a limited time my listeners get eight free omaha steak burgers when they order the all-american assortment visit omahasteaks.com and type keyword dogs d-a-w-g-s in the search bar that's omahasteaks.com keyword dogs d-a-w-g-s so this next segment we're going to do is actually John's very first topic that he ever came up with for the show. So go ahead and give him a round of applause if you're at home. Um, but we didn't want to, even though we might not like it, we didn't want to tell him no since he was trying to get involved. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> so John wanted to do, he wanted to talk about uh, what rookie makes the biggest impact for the Browns this year. So I think, you know, we had a pretty good rookie class. John, since this was your idea, why don't you go first? You do, what rookie do you think makes the biggest impact? Yeah, so this wasn't unanimous, which is why I thought it was a decent topic. Um, for me, it's our kicker, Cade York, and that's because, well, there's a few reasons. Uh, games are won all the time on last-second kicks, last-second field goals. Or lost. And <laughs> lo- yeah, Well, right. I think uh, Baker's rookie year was that Oakland game, I think. Or no, it was against the Saints. The Saints, yep. Saints. Against the Saints, we, we missed two extra points and two field goals. Yep. And we would have gone over 500 if it were for that. Correct. And we tied the Steelers because we missed, was a field goal, right? Mm hmm. Um, and so we would have, I think that would have gotten us. We got a wild us close to the playoffs. Spot. Yeah, or close to a wild card spot. We at least, if we would have beat the Ravens in week 16 or week 17, we would have made the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. So kicker is, it, the importance can't be understated. It, um, and our kicker is, 
I can't even remember our kickers all the time. Like every year so, we have like a different terrible kicker. <laughs> I think we've been chasing the memory of Phil Dawson right. for my most of my entire life, my adult life. Outside of quarterback, it's been the number one position the Browns have not been able to fill since they lost Phil Dawson. So I, I want to speculate that Cade York's good. Um, okay. I think he's going to be good. Um, everything he's hyped up to be, and if he is, uh, I think he makes the biggest impact because I think we're relying on him to do a lot to win some games for us uh, instead of lose some games for us. So it, it's a huge difference. Especially I'm gonna early. Oh, I was going to say he's, he's a day one starter. Yeah. I mean, at a position that scores points. Yeah. There's a lot of positions I'm excited for, like in our rookie class, but I just think that, uh, to me, objectively, this is the biggest impact. If you look at – kicking is kind of – it's understated, but if you go look at leading scores for franchises, they're almost all kickers. Yeah. They score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. They so, do. Which is funny is I almost forgot about Cade York because when John texted this, I said, well, I don't know if we need to talk about that because the answer is David Bell. And he was like, well, I was going to say Cade York. And I was like, oh, dang. I guess, we, I guess we can talk about yeah. this. <laughs> to back your point up, too, I read this crazy tweet, and it was like Browns have not made over a 50-yard kick since like 2016 or something. And I was like, there's no way that can be real. There, that can't be a real thing. And I so I fact-checked it. And Cybert made one. And that's, we've literally have, I think there's been one made field goal in the last five years that's been over 50 yards. If you want to know about how, insane. Bad, how bad kicking has cost the Browns, Justin and I were oh. at a, a Monday night Ravens game and we lined up. John was driving back from Virginia or something. And we're lining up to kick the game-winning field goal. Worst case scenario, it's going to overtime. Correct. Worst case. And it's fit like 55-yarder or something like that. Wrong. Uh, and the kicker was Kuhn. Travis Kuhn, I think, was his name. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it got blocked, and the Ravens scooped and scored and won with no time on the clock, and the Browns <laughs> lost. No, my dad called me to do like play-by-play at the end of the game. He's like, all right, we're about to kick a field goal to win the game. And I was like, cool. And he calls me right back, and he says, like, hey, you wouldn't believe it, but the Browns actually found a way to lose that game. <laughs> I, uh, I joke with people. Uh, so I was, like, hung over in the second quarter. Like, yeah. we got so trashed. Before, it was, like, four of us. We went up, and, like, second quarter, I'm, like, hung over, like, entirely too drunk to be out in public. And I remember the game ended, and I've never been so nervous to be – in Cleveland at a sporting event. And then our good friend, Joe Hamill, took, um, they handed out these dog pound towels. And uh, this dude was celebrating like four rows in front of us, Ravenskin, threw it and it went right in the dude's mouth. It was like one of the great, <laughs> and I was laughing. And as soon as it happened, I was like, man, that was awesome. And then I realized like, oh, we might have to fight these guys. <laughs> that was, there was towels coming off of the, from the upper deck. People were ripping their jerseys off. Like it I, was, it was insane. I've never seen, it was like when uh, Michigan lost to Michigan state on a block punt. <laughs> it's almost like, it was like that. Um, which was really funny when it happened to them. It wasn't so wasn't funny, so funny when it happened to the yeah. Browns. That was the same game we were at that this Ravens fan was in the urinal in the bathroom taking a leak, <laughs> and this Browns Spartan. fan just walked up behind him and Spartan, Spartan kicked, him, kicked him into, into the, the urinal while he was taking a leak. Yep. And I was just like, man, we're a different breed here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would I would not wear that Ravens jersey in here. No. Um, but, yeah, that's the kind of impact kickers can make. I mean, go from thinking you're about to win the game, no way we're going to lose the game, to lost. And you can say uh it's not his fault it got blocked, but I'm pretty sure I saw like almost all of his kicks that were attempted at 50 yards or more had been blocked because he had such a weak leg that he had to lower his 
like project. He couldn't yeah. get enough air on it, so yeah. Yeah, I just always got blocked. Um, so he did play a part in that. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and go since I just kind of spoiled mine. Uh, mine's David Bell because I think he's going to step right in and be the number two. I've been saying this pretty much since we drafted him. There's a couple other guys that I'm excited to see, but I just think he has a chance. I mean, we need him to. Because I saw a list of the the worst receiving cores in the league, and the Browns were at ten, and I couldn't argue. Like mm-hmm. it's it, our receiving core outside of Amari Cooper and maybe David Njoku, a lot of unproven talent. So I think David Bell. I think out of necessity. I think out of he's going to get the run, and mm-hmm. I just I just think he's way he was way undervalued in the draft just because he ran point oh two seconds slower than some people which is crazy to me. Yeah, and by all reports so far, and I haven't seen anything negative yet, if, unless you guys have, but it seems like he's really he's stepping like, it up catch, there. Yeah, honestly. catches pretty much everything. Yeah. So, yep. um, to me, he's going to be kind of that piece we need outside of Amari Cooper and the receiving corps to, to step up. And I look, to me, I see him being 60-some catches, upper 50s catches, seven to 800 yards, and maybe like four or five touchdowns. I think that'd be like a pretty awesome. I think that's rookie. pretty conservative rookie yeah yep. we need that we haven't had like a second guy yeah I mean, that would have been the leading receiver last year absolutely it would have been i i like the I, I like the team that we got there in the receiver room because you got amari cooper who can play inside outside he's a great route runner reliable receiver dpj is a big bully on the outside that can stretch the field and, and play physical you know with those cornerbacks and that leaves david bell just free to roam and plus you like you said you got njoku out there another middle of the field kind of Big bully guy, which is going to be a lot of. I think it's going to be a lot of opportunity for David Bell. I agree. What about uh, what about you, Josh? Um, so I wanted to talk about Perion Winfrey, just because this guy's got all the opportunity on the defensive interior. Because there's really no solid starting players right now, or answers, <laughs> or answers, yeah, or anything. So I I think that it might be slow to start I think maybe the first part of the year he's more like a rotational guy maybe coming in certain situations like specifically designed for his skill set because I know I was doing some reading about uh, like rookie interior defensive linemen and a lot of times they they take some a little while to get up to speed with how physical and strong the NFL offensive linemen are because it's not the same in college right Um, but I I don't know I think playing for Oklahoma I think he probably saw some decent offensive linemen here and there and I, I think that he as long as he puts you know his effort into it and he really wants to be good, I think that he'll catch on quicker sooner than later. And I say second half of the year, he might be one of the lead guys rotating that interior and making an impact. I, I like it. I like his energy. Plus, um, I like that he can get after the quarterback with his speed, and we've got two guys on the edge that everybody's also, got to worry yeah. about. Gives him more opportunities. Yes. Um, so I'm going to also take a different guy. I'm going to go with uh, Martin Emerson. And everybody kind of gave me some crap. Uh, I think it was about two months ago when we drafted him. I said, I think this guy might end up like seriously seeing a chance to start. And people were like, you're an idiot. You're so stupid. Well, Newsom, there's a lot of reports that Newsom's going to slide into that, you know, that slot role. And so there's a chance that this guy, uh, you know, could slide over and, you know, take the opposite side of the field from Denzel Ward. He's taller than Newsom or uh, yeah, Newsom and Denzel Ward. He's uh, six two. Um, but my big thing is he was the second highest uh, cornerback for SEC cornerbacks since 2020 as far as coverage grade. 
you think of some of the guys that came out of the SEC, like J.C. Horn, Sertain, there are some studs, and there's terrific, terrific receivers coming out of the SEC. So yeah. I, I'm i super excited for this kid. I think he's going to have a very, very big impact on a very good defense. I'd like to see that happen. That's I, mine. I think the biggest thing about Emerson is the versatility and flexibility he gives Joe Woods. Yeah, Like you said, the fact that he's going to be able to play on the outside and let Newsom slide down into the – I mean, Newsom's going to – I mean, he's huge, and he can tackle, and he yep. can cover. Um, mm-hmm. And Martin Emerson, they played him out of position a lot in college, they said. I mean, he's not his own guy. He's a get-in-your-face, man coverage kind of guy. He's a mm-hmm. big guy. Well, I guess that's what Denzel Ward does well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now we can lock down on the outsides and man-to-man. That, that gives us a ton of flexibility. I think the Browns' defense, it's going to pick right up where it left off, in my opinion. I mean, towards the – by what, last – Eight to ten games last year, we only gave up over seventeen points. What one time, two times? Other than that, it was seventeen or less every yeah. time. I think um, somewhere in there, 18, 17, something like that. Uh, I think he gives us a ton of flexibility. Yeah. So I'm absolutely. At, I think the rookie class, considering we didn't have a first round draft pick and then we traded back in the second, I think we we have a lot to look forward to this year. Well, yeah, because whenever you brought this segment up, you know, it's kind of going through the list of rookies. Like, okay, I'll, I want to talk about Winfrey, and then it's like. You said York, and you obviously Bell, and you said Emerson, and started thinking about these other guys, and you mentioned Alex Wright, and yeah. it's like, wow, we had a pretty good draft class so far. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen these guys on the field, but on paper, yeah, I'm excited we got a lot Alex to be excited Wright. about. Yeah. I think Alex Wright's going to be an impact guy. I do, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see this rookie class. Um, so, the last segment we want to get into here before we get out of here, um, ESPN has been releasing their top 10 rankings um, of each position group in the league, and it's based on a mix of scouts and NFL executives. So this isn't ESPN's rankings. They're just the ones who did the uh, the research and put it all together. So today we wanted to get into the running backs one. Um, I'm going to be straight up honest. Like, I don't agree with it, at <laughs> least in for one spot. So we'll give you a quick rundown real quick. It's Derek Henry at one, Jonathan Taylor at two, Nick Chubb at three, Dalvin Cook at four, Alvin Kamara at five, Joe Mixon at six, Christian McCaffrey at seven, Najee Harris at eight, Aaron Jones at nine, and Javante Williams at ten. The honorable mentions are Austin Eckler, Zeke Elliott, and Saquon Barkley. Not a terrible list, in my opinion, except to me, Nick Chubb's the number one running back in football, in my opinion. I don't care how much ESPN and all these people like to play up um, Jonathan Taylor and especially Derrick Henry. To me, Jonathan Taylor should be one over Derrick Henry if it's not Chubb. Derrick Henry is just a super big guy who every once in a while pushes people over, and he gets to play against the Jaguars uh, twice a year and the Texans twice a year where he gets to run for 200 yards in each one of those games. Yeah. So um, Nick Chubb is better than Derrick Henry at literally everything. And Nick Chubb could be a three-down back if he had to be. Right. Correct. He, he can be a pass catcher. He just doesn't need to be. Correct. That's We have Kareem Hunt. But, I mean, there was, remember that one game he caught a touchdown pass? He caught the ball in the back of a defender. Yeah. Like, I mean, he can catch the ball. And, and it's, this is not pretend like Derrick Henry's out here running rot, routes out of the slot. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? And so, like, don't tell me it's versatility. Nick Chubb is he is better in yards after contact, yard, better in yards per carry, better in broken tackles, better in forced missed tackles, uh, more, yards of tw- uh, more runs of 20-plus yards. He's literally number one in basically every category outside of attempts and yards. 
But if he got the attempts, his yards per carry, he would have the yards. Right, but his efficiency is so high. Yes, he he's uh, some. It says some NFL executives picked him to be number one, just not enough. Um, I just think like because Derrick Henry's so big, people just slob on him, and it just drives me nuts. Like <laughs> that's the, that's the <laughs> nicest way I could say that. And Jonathan Taylor's done it for one year, um, and it was a good year, but to me. It's another thing. It's a volume. If you get the ball 30, 40 times every time, you're – I mean, Nick Chubb, to me, is the best pure runner of the football in the league. The Taylor's I, yards per carry were up there with Chubb's though last year, right? Yeah. So Taylor had a nice – You almost had, had to put him over. Here. But if you're making this list based on last year, I can see Taylor at, like, number one. Correct. But then you see CMC's on that list, and he has barely played in the last two years. He's yep. a seven. I do think it's crazy that – Three of the AFC North teams have people in the top ten. Yeah. Do you think Najee's too high? I think Najee. It's just so hard to tell because he was such a high volume guy. His line was terrible. His line was his line was terrible, and he still made it happen. I think Najee has a skill set. I mean, watching him in Alabama, I was like, this guy is going to be fun to watch in the pro. I think he's crazy good too. I just didn't know if he deserved to if his yards per carry and stuff. I don't think were that great last year, but like we, I mean. Their offensive game plan was like just throwing the ball for two yards at a time, and uh, his line was awful. So I think talent wise, he definitely deserves to be in there. I don't see Lamar Jackson anywhere, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ra- yeah the Ravens don't have a running back. Yeah, the Ravens don't have a running back <laughs> on here. Um, but no, uh, I think honestly, if if you if you slid Nick Chubb up to like one and then just dropped. Henry, well, I would flop Henry and Taylor because, in my opinion, like Derrick Henry, I mean, I'd put him like third or fourth. I mean, Dalvin Cook might be, I don't want to sound like a Derrick Henry hater, but so he's just a super big, he's just incredibly big and fast. He does one thing really well. Here's the thing, though, like until he was on pace for, he was going to have like a 1900 yard season last year. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, the, I'm not even like, Here's the thing. If Nick Chubb, like you said, if he gets that volume like that um, Taylor and Derrick Henry get, of course, I think that he would be higher up this list. Pro- probably one. I I feel like I'm a homer on this one because Nick Chubb's my guy. But my thing, Derrick Henry was on pace to have a historic season, and he's been doing it for years. So I'm okay with him at one. Um, Taylor, like you said, he had one one nice season. You know, okay, that's fine. I, I'd probably put him at two, maybe even three, depending on, you know, what you do with Nick Chubb. My thing, you have Javante Williams at 10, which don't get me wrong, flashes. I see, I think he's going to be explosive. I think he's going to be great. But you have Austin Eckler out of the top 10. And and he's, he's done a, it. And he's been doing it. Yeah. You know, so to me, I don't know. I didn't understand I, that one. I would have bumped him in. And, you know, the the thing with all these lists is, you know, it's like, well, is this based on their career? Is this based on what they did last year? Because the quarterback on them, there's like some serious head scratchers on there. They're, um, like Dak at 10. <laughs> I I wouldn't, uh, I, you know, there's a couple, like Dak at 10, that's fair if you want to do that. But, like, if it's based on last year, Deshaun Watson's at 9. And I think if it's based on what you've done for your career and what you've, seen from Deshaun Watson when Deshaun Watson stepped out he was a top five quarterback so like to me I'm like I don't know some of these lists are kind of yeah because and John you made a good point too about it it can't be based on last year because CMC hasn't played much right a couple games in the last two two years so games looking at the list it's hard to know like what they were thinking when they made it I think if you made this list like three or four years ago CMC was one right absolutely but if you're making it on talent I, I agree with you that I mean Nick Chubb 
the thing is, like the first game he ever really broke out was. Did he have like three carries for like hundred yards or yeah, something? 90, it was like 92. almost two hundred. Oh, really? almost, I thought it was like wow. one ninety. Yeah, because he oh. had like two yeah. like seventy some yard runs. Yeah, and two the Raiders touchdowns. game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah three carries, and he had almost two hundred yards and two touchdowns. I think it was, said. It was like. And Hugh Jackson was so Didn't stupid, want, he still wouldn't play him. He's like, get we Carlos tra- back in we there. Had trade <laughs> Carlos we had to trade out. Carlos side. It was like Moneyball yeah. <laughs> when Brad Pitt trades everybody to make the guy play him. Yeah. So if Philip Seymour Hoffman will play him. If the same workload, Chubb would have at least three rushing titles already. So I agree with that. Oh, so. my God. He should have won it to Freddie's here, and Freddie quit giving him the ball. Yep, that's true. Was that that game? Yeah, I mean, Freddie quit. That, it was the opposite. It was him and Henry going for the rushing title, and – the Titans just started giving Derrick Henry the ball like 50 times. Mm-hmm. And Freddie, Chubb was getting like eight carries. Yeah. Never That's played like in the, the second one half. good it's thing like, that could have come out of that season. Like we were already mathematically eliminated. Just let the dude get the rushing title. Yeah. I know Chubb doesn't care about that kind of stuff. He's way too humble for that, but still. It's a fan thing. Right. Yeah. So last year, Derrick Henry's yards per carry went down to 4.3. And they said this is because um, his totals dipped because of sluggish last two games before the foot injury but it says through the first six games is 783 yards on 162 carries produced a 4.8 yard average that's still lower than nick chubb nick chubb's uh yard per average is 5.6 and 5.5 almost a yard more three yards per rush after contact led the league for players with at least 120 attempts he broke off a run of at least 70 yards for the third time in four years and a lot of these guys, you hear them talk about, like, what's a good, you know, yards per carry for a running back in the NFL? Around four. Usually, you know, that'd be a good uh, average. He's averaging over five. Yep. Between five ben, and six. And Ben. And Ben, yeah. For yeah. years now. So, I, to me, it's it's Nick Chubb all day. every. If I'm picking, you can go ahead and take all these people. I'm yep. taking Nick Chubb every time. Yep. I got just one last question for you guys. Uh, based on a guy that's on the outside looking in. There's two guys that I, one of them I think is for sure done, but do you guys think Ezekiel Elliott is done? Like, do you think he's on the back half where we've seen I we've seen the best that he's going to deliver? So I think we've seen the best. Early we saw last year, like early they were talking about how he was back, and then he got hurt again. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, can he stay healthy? I want to see him play healthy when he's in the best shape of his life and see what it looks like. But when you watch him and then you watch Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard looks yeah. faster. There's more a explosive. big difference. Which is crazy because, I mean, Zeke's one of my favorite running backs of all he time. Was so, when he was at his best, he was so good. Yep. So good. Oh, my God. He, one of my favorite Buckeye players. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I loved but, watching him even in Dallas, and I don't like Dallas. Yeah. That's why Derrick Henry's like an anomaly because Zeke got the heavy workload from day one in the NFL, and it was just carry, 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 and you see it catching up to him. Now, true, though, Derrick Henry did have, what, two years where he didn't – he wasn't the guy. It was DeMarco Murray. Yeah, he's splitting carries Yeah, so, I mean, he did have a little buffer there, but um, – But, yeah, let us know what you guys think. I know all Browns fans are going to say Nick Chubb and fans of every other team are going to say it's Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, Taylor easily because yeah. they saw it on ESPN, but <laughs> we don't care. Uh, so, that pretty much wraps up today's episode. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Dogs. Again, we apologize for the delay in getting you guys our Baker thoughts. Um, but we appreciate the fact that you guys are commenting and saying, hey, when are you guys going to put an episode out about this? Makes us feel loved, so we appreciate that. Um, to all you Dog Pack members, we'll see you on the After Hours show, and everyone else, we'll see you next week. Hopefully I have some news about Deshaun. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast and become an official Dog Pack member and join the dogs.com.